There was a collective trial that everybody went through together as a society. And they got through that trial and they figured out life is short. I want to enjoy it. I want to be a part of something bigger. If you hadn't listened to the first half of this two-episode series, I would encourage you to go back and listen to part one of The Great Resignation. This part two continues the conversation on how we effectively respond to give our people the value they not only need but deserve in organizations as this post-pandemic great resignation continues on. We need the tools to help us along this journey. Let's listen in and pick up where we left off with my friends and fellow leaders, co-hosts, Sam Sala, Travis Ravel, on this episode of A Call to Leadership. You have to make some hard decisions. If your goal is to maintain the integrity of your vision, your mission, and your values, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Some things have to give. And some right. things have to change. I mean, I don't know what they are individually with each organization. Right. I, yeah, I don't think you have to compromise. I think that's bad leadership in general when you have to compromise your work, culture, and accountability in order to just be open. I think there's where you maybe question being in business. For mm-hmm. me, I've had the situation. I've had it recently. And sometimes you have an employee that's great for three years, and then year four, I don't want to use the word burnout or I don't want to use it, but they've basically they burn just, out. they burned out. Yeah. Right. So then they become, then they're late all the time. Then they don't listen and follow tasks anymore. And then stores aren't getting open on time and they're closing early and all these different things. And it's like, you ask yourself as an entrepreneur, it's like you take pride in what you've developed and mm-hmm. built. Right. And then there's a level of accountability that your management team, you have to hold them accountable and as well as they have to hold their employees accountable. And I've seen where we've, and even in my organization, where I've seen a little bit too loose of an approach based off of trying to keep people. But I'm in the place where it's like, if you cannot effectively deliver this product and this service the right way with the right people, you're not open. I've closed and I focused more on my customer service. I focused more on the people that are with me and, and developing them and helping them grow within an organization and offering a service to my consumer that's not a store that's closed early when they knock on the door at 7 o'clock to get something fixed or mm-hmm. you know they want to get something right there when the door opens at 10. No one's there. It's happened at Starbucks. It's absolutely. happened at... Sure, closed like, at like, noon on Saturday. Yeah. I went the other day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 1 yeah. o'clock, they were closed. Signs on the door. Like, right. you, like I drive up. I'm right. like, I'm making a decision on whether to to go in or go in line, but you see that sign on the door and you're like, and I talk to the manager. I see her all the time. And I said, what's up? Like, what's going on? She's like, I don't have the staff to be open on. So they make literally the call week to week. So there's no like set hours anymore. It's like, what hours can I staff? If I can get someone to come in or I get enough people to come in, we'll open. I mean, like I said, this is a real but that was difficult situation. But is that the right move? I would say yes, that's the right move to shut the doors and make sure that you maintain the integrity and the quality of what you promised to deliver. And I think, right, like your industry, you're so used to change, right? Mm-hmm. It is constantly. change constantly. Mm-hmm. And I think that you're built to handle this type of environment, right? Like you specifically. I don't think that 99.9% of the companies out there are built to handle this type of scenario. I don't think that this was something you lay out, you know, old school, you lay out a SWOT analysis, right? Right? And and you don't say, hey, what are my threats? And and my threats aren't, well, I'm going to have a 30% increase 
in costs, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a 30% decrease in employees. I have to, as the owner of this company, maintain a brand that I have spent years and years building. I've got to try to dis- discern how do I eat these costs and not pass all that on to my consumers and I don't outprice sure. my consumers while I need to find, now I need to develop a, a strategic leadership program and development program for my employees to make right. sure that they feel part of it. People are going to just close their business. Right. I agree. Right. Like yeah. that's what's yeah. going to happen. And they probably and should it, it because at the end of the day, if you cannot deliver your brand, right? Because obviously we're delivering a brand. Every mm-hmm. business has a brand they yep. want to deliver. If that's being impeded upon by delivering an experience because of the level of worker you have, you have to close. And what does that do, right? Hurts the economy, less opportunity. And something else about what you said, we're going to get to a point where there's going to be less businesses to hire Correct. than there is people who want to work. That's where I think it's going to even out, right? Because like you said, businesses are going to close. Mm-hmm. A lot of small businesses are going to close. Yeah, everyone's offering X, Y, and Z right now to come and, and work. But what happens when you know these businesses are not there anymore and then there's less jobs and more people to work, the demand you know, goes down and out. it's going to start to balance itself yep. out, right? But I don't think that's something you wake up today and you're, you're thinking about. I think, Nate, I remember young in my entrepreneurial days used to say, I used to pitch something to you and you'd say, what's your forecast? It sticks with me. When you said that, it was like I had to rewire my brain to start thinking about forecast. Well, what's your forecast? What do you think it'll, you know, could you imagine saying that today? Like, no. what's your forecast 90 days from now? I don't know. Right. I can't build out anything that I even think is going to be remotely close. Parts, man, like certain industries can't get parts, can't get the things they need. Labor is one thing, but if you can't get inventory and the items you need to operate that's a whole other issue Mm -hmm. so then you're you're balancing that right Mm -hmm. so i think that from an entrepreneurial perspective people that want to leave a business to go start their own thing i think is great i have an employee recently who came to me and said hey i'm leaving you to to do my own thing i even offered coaching after hey like i want to see you succeed like if you need me i'm here does it stink to lose someone that's such a valuable piece of your company yes but who would i be to not promote that and say, hey, I wish you nothing but the best, which I genuinely do, right? But I also think this is the other side of the, it's the coin per se, right? Anyone can open a business, anyone can have an idea, and anyone can be passionate about something. But being successful at it is a completely different thing. So go try it. I definitely think the experience of being an entrepreneur should be something experienced by someone who wants to do it. Like if you're passionate about it, it's in your heart, you're going to do it anyway, whether I try to deter you or not. But understand that you can't think about statistics, right? Like when you're doing that, but the realistic 50% chance you're not going to make it. I mean, right. Yeah. And then you take that. Well, eventually, now, yeah. That was back in the day, right? That was back in the day. But now like with the pandemic and post pandemic, those numbers are even have dropped, I'm sure, significantly. So if you want to be an entrepreneur right now, I give you credit for having gut. It's a difficult time to start anything. But to do it, understand the risk that comes along with that. It's not just, I mean, how long did it take you to build your company? How long did it take me to build my companies? It took people and dedication and positioning and timing and timing, which was huge. I think people don't see that side of it. And they think it's just going to be this, I'm going to go out on my own 
and well, and we're I'm looking at an evolution. I think right? this, this is another evolutionary phase. I mean, you talked about the time of all these unionizations, in the 30s and 40s, and of course before that, going from an agrarian to a manufacturing That's society. Good. Right? Each evolution, there's there's certain periods in time where that are that are breaks and pivotal. And I think that we're in this pivotal evolutionary right. phase of at least I would say American, but I would even say on a global level. Yeah these experiences and I'm witnessing more and more people who are not only willing, but are hungering for a greater experience in their own lives. Right. And they're not necessarily calling on employers to provide that. In fact, I think they expect employers to not provide that. And that's part of why we're experiencing, Hey, look, you know what? I'm just going to pause. I'm going to hit pause. I think if you look back historically, right, like look at the last major pandemic we had, right? Influenza, Spanish flu, Spanish flu 1918 yeah. to 1920. Mm-hmm. What happened after that? The roaring 20s, right? Boom. People face down death, right? Like they face down death. They face down disease, right? In a much larger sense than we do today with COVID. But there was the roaring 20s that came out of that. People wanted to let loose. You know what I mean? Like their lives were important to them and they wanted mm-hmm. to party, right? They wanted to do things. And then you had the market crash, right? right? Because of all these different extenuating circumstances that went into it. And then you went into this moral period of time where we said, you know, we shouldn't be drinking, right? So let's outlaw. All these things happened. And they happened because there was a collective trial that everybody went through together as a society, right? And they got through that trial. They figured out, you know what? Life is short. Life is short. I want to enjoy it. I want to be a part of something bigger, right? And now there was a time to pay for that. And I think what's different about now is that the things that are happening on the outside, right? The decentralization, if you look at blockchain right you look mm-hmm, at yeah. you look at crypto right Absolutely. getting away from banks you know yeah. what i mean getting away from the government and then you have the government who is coming in and they see that they're losing power and they're having an overreach right because they're trying to balance this out I agree right completely and so this time like we're literally we always are living in history but this is what our grandchildren our great great right. great grandchildren are going to look back on and talk about and talk about mm-hmm. right like this time period And so I think like if I don't envy any executive right now in any company, right? But I think that people need to start thinking, especially executives, right? They need to get their head out of their asses and they need to start looking at what's going on in the world around them, how that's affecting their employees and how they can be a place where people can feel like they're providing a service and they're getting something in return, right? It doesn't have to be like you said, it's not necessarily money. But money is a big part of it, Mm -hmm. but they need to be a part of something that is changing the world in a way, right? And I think that you're going to have some visionary leaders that are going to come out of this, maybe job-esque, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You're going to have Musk. You're going to have Musk. I mean, he's already, he's the major He's the man now, right? You know what I mean? And so, and if you look at him, he's very different than any of our traditional, very buttoned up. Yeah industry leaders of our lifetime and so he's going to start being the prototype and then how far away from him do we get right how far down do you keep going i don't think there's not just one button on this one guys like this is a major life issue yeah you got it you got a tech change i mean just what's upcoming that's different than we did the past 10 years electric cars the way we communicate office buildings are becoming obsolete 
malls are becoming obsolete. Yeah, even us getting together for this episode, right? You could easily say, well, let's just get on and we'll just do the Zoom thing. Or right. and I just it's yeah, like we lose, though, yeah, I think. Yeah, in a way. But yeah. there's just a convenience there. Of course, we wanted to get together and have some fun in the studio. And there is that connection. But you have to think about it. Absolutely. Like you have to weigh it out. It's an option. Absolutely. It's an option. <laughs> so is it an option? Is it because, so I think, again, you could say, well, I don't want to meet in person because I fear maybe COVID exposure, or do I really believe that time is the problem? It saves me time. I mean, there could be multiple because obviously we became a Zoom, did business by Zoom since COVID hit. And I didn't it was even a health know Zoom thing. was. It was a health yeah. thing, right? It was like, but now it's, it's never going to change. It's never going to change. So right. now companies are saying, look, do I need this $5 million building to house my employees? No, no just sit at home and work from home. And then it goes back to how do you build culture in that environment? Right. How do you build? Culture? That's the difficulty. That's a difficulty because you're not in front of anybody you're not in front of anybody. So how do you build in what you see? I think a great point, right, is this the CEO that just laid off 900 people over Zoom. Oh, I saw that. Right? Yeah. And yeah. now he's taking a oh, break. Stuff, right. Because yeah. he literally told people you should be and I'm not quoting specifically, but basically you should be ashamed. You only work two hours a day. Right. You wasted shareholders money like on a Zoom. Wow. 900 people he laid off, right? Sounds like two a ter- days ter- terrible leadership. Terrible leader. Two days later, <laughs> he's taking time off, right? The board replaced him. But listen, Zoom isn't going to change. Like in my field, heavy travel, heavy in-person, yeah. right? I probably spent seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year on travel and taking yeah. people out and doing dinners and stuff like that. And then COVID happens and we all realize we can get the same deals done sitting in our house, not spending anything, Right. Like that's straight back to my bottom line on money that I don't need to expend anymore. And something that would have taken 48 hours between flying and meeting and getting back to the airport and getting back home. It took two hours. Right. Like and then if you look at what's coming. Right. I hate to keep my back, but this this metaverse that's coming all of a sudden now I can put on a headset, sit on my couch and get the same feeling as being sitting here right next to you in this room. Why is there commercial real estate, right? What are we going to do with all these buildings? So, so I you know? think we're going to create a generation of there's going to be very personal interaction, very personal need for personal or want for personal interaction. I think there's a cost to that in general. It doesn't mean it's going to change it. Now I'll know Travis via virtual reality, me and him looking at each other in this right. room. To me, maybe what we're talking about with our grandchildren looking back, how, oh my God, they actually met in a room. Right. Like, why would they do that? That's so archaic. Yeah, you know that's kind of scary in a way. To it me, is scary because leaders are going to have to adapt, like you said. When how do you lead over a Zoom call? How do you hold people accountable over emails and internal chat messages with your organization and your employees? What is your leadership style over the internet, Travis? What is it? It's a great question because you know I mean? Mean, it's going to fundamentally change all aspects of our interaction, right? Like mm-hmm. it's going to fundamentally change, and it's not there to say I don't think it's better. Obviously, I mean, from, you know what I mean? No, no, I'm not saying you are. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying, I personally don't think it's better. I've come to the realization that it's going to happen. It's here. The younger generation is okay with it. Because they're not going to know any different. I mean, my kids, right, I mean, I have five-year-olds, and COVID happened, hit when they were three and a half, and so they put on a mask, right? Like, I don't even tell them. Like, we walk in somewhere, they pull it out of their pocket. This is their life, and it's sad. Mm. But they are so accustomed to learning 
things right on their ipads right mm-hmm. like interact they're smarter they're smart kids are smarter they're smarter sure. than i was at five years old right 100%. like they are they blow away when the, the information superhighway is something in yeah. the encyclopedia right <laughs> i mean like if i want to learn about an ostrich like all the my grandfather had my grandfather had that encyclopedia britannica yeah literally i mean and I'm sure us as parents, we share the same. Like, if we don't know something, just go ask. Go Google. ask Google. Yeah, ask Google. Let me know what Google says. <laughs> yeah, right? information is literally seconds away. And then I think in general, your brain works faster. Their brains are going to work faster, and they're going to have access to information a lot quicker than we ever did. So, which um, comes at a cost in some ways because sure. there's that. You know, I find that long term holding long term attention is decreasing oh, as absolutely. well. Hundred percent, absolutely. There's challenges there, but I think we to get back to this. I love the way this is going. This conversation around the future of how, quote unquote, we do business is this evolutionary phase that we have to look at the future and whether or not we agree with it, whether or not we like it, it's here. And if we want to live in it and grow in it and nurture people in it, look, one day I agree that we will have these holographic images that are on some, probably even saying the wrong terminology, right? We'll have these images that are on a virtual headset and we will see each other just as round and as 3D as we see each other right now, except the only difference is, do I want to get in my car and drive a half an hour so I can give Travis and Sam a hug? Because obviously I can't do that yet. I'm right. sure there'll be some right. devices, some oh, body Zuckerberg's suits. Got, a button. Zuckerberg's got some glove right now. He just showed that you can get hepatic i don't know if i'm saying that word right but you can get feedback from what's going on so if you go to shake somebody's hand you've got this glove on they shake your hand like you can feel but no i totally agree with you the problem is though man is it's coming right and so like as business leaders right like i don't think it's our job to weigh on if it's good or bad it's reality right right Right. and so the question is get get out of your mind that you're going to fight it because you're going to die right your company is going to die if you don't find a way to operate within this and start learning how to shape your organization to be able to take advantage of all of these things. That's right. Because there's going to be a huge shift in wealth while this occurs as well. Great change in turbulation is the best time to be in business. Find yeah. something that works that three years ago wouldn't have existed. Right. There are all these different needs right now. Find what that need is and go do it. Right. right? Like, yeah. And don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. I remember this, like Walt Disney was having all kinds of problems because of unionization, right? Mm -hmm. And so he assembled his entire company as an auditorium because he was going to set them all straight, right? (laughs) And he told them this story about, basically said, look, you've got to work on your own merit. You've got to get off your butts. you got to stop complaining. And you got to get into the mix. And if you want to succeed, you got to put in the work. The next day, the highest number of people in his organization signed up to join the union an entire year because he was taking it personal. Yeah. He was like, look, guys, this is the way we've been doing things. This is the family that I've created. This is the environment that you should be thankful to be a part of. Yeah. That's a little bit of still what's going on today. Typically, if you take any small business owner, they're passionate about their business and what they've culture they've created. And God forbid someone doesn't fit in it or doesn't like it because that's the perspective they feel like they've maybe the perspective of their culture is not accurate. And that's where it goes into listening to people and your leadership and your employees to really get an idea or grasp on what the reality on the ground is, because it may not be the same. Your perspective, what you think it is. I mean, people, especially... I mean, unfortunately, entrepreneurs, right, a lot of times we're so ingrained and so focused on the minutiae that we created that we're not looking up. 
you know what I mean? We're not looking up to see like where's the world going, right. you know? Like this has worked for 30 years. This has worked for 50 <laughs> right, years. Right. You know what I mean? I'm a third generation. This is how my grandfather did it, right? Like those people aren't going to be around. And is it sad? Yeah, it's sad, but it's also reality. And so if you're a small business owner right now, go talk to your grandkids, go talk to your kids, mm-hmm. right? Ask yeah, them what they advice. want. Don't ask the same people over and over and over again, your trusted yes men or yes women. You know what I mean? Right. You're going to say, no boss, we're good. Right. They're protecting their yeah. job as well. Go talk to somebody else. Talk to the youth and see what they want out of a job. Right. And if you aren't providing that today, you need to figure out how you can provide that because that's where we're going. Yeah. Right. That's well said. I was talking to my son about this very same thing and asking him, what are your needs as you move into the job world and your career and your calling and so on? He said, you know, dad, I don't know that I'll ever want to work for anyone because it doesn't sound promising the way things are going. And he's 14 and he sees it. So, I mean, if a 14 year old sees, so we're building an environment to where he can become the kind of employer who actually will invest in his people in such a way that they feel fulfilled too. Today, we're on the holidays. To this day, I still, every year, I write a Christmas card out individually to every member of my staff for them about them, about how thankful I am that we've gone this road together and something very special about their contribution. And it's not because I want them to feel good about staying, right? Mm -hmm. It's because I actually care. Yeah. It's literally, I want to show them, look, I'm thankful Mm -hmm. for you. If our trajectory continues together, fantastic. If it doesn't, fantastic. But I want you to flourish and I'm willing to do whatever it takes within the confines of our mission, our vision, our values to make that real. I think if more small business owners, and I'm not saying, look, I got room to grow too, but if more small business owners stop thinking about themselves yeah, and start thinking about how I can create an environment like Herb Keller was once asked, Southwest Airlines, who's more important, his employees or his customer? And he said, I make my customer most important because I make my employee most important. And so focusing on, and of course, Southwest Airlines, as you know, I mean, over the years has had the least amount of issues. If you're talking about, you know, turnover and and having to borrow money from the government, all that. So that plays a big part. So just having back, you know, ending our conversation around how we started it with having a sign that says, hey, we'll throw some money at you. We'll give you some free food. We can do better. Absolutely. It's insulting. We could do better. Absolutely. And do better. Don't wait till the last minute to where you're trying to keep your people when they're walking away. Well, be proactive. that's maybe another conversation for another day. Is it too late when you're already faced with this major issue and you haven't developed that foundation early on? Maybe it's not too late for some, but for others, I mean, you better pivot quickly. I think small businesses, right, able to I think about I'm on Main Street. I'm selling washers and dryers, right? Like in plant store. Costs are up probably not a lot of people who want to sell washers and dryers, right? Like, how do you flex, right? I mean, a lot of these business have positioned themselves in such a way to where there might not be a way for them to flex, you know? And I especially think about large corporations and we've all been part of large corporations and there's nothing that moves quickly in a large corporation, right? right? You might as well be dealing with the federal government. There's going to be a lot of change, guys. There's going to be a lot of change. But I go back to change is opportunity for people like us yeah yeah it's an opportunity and so 
Maybe you have to close your the appliance store down, but it doesn't mean you're out of business. It just means you need to pivot. You need to start thinking about how we can you know change and be a part of this new dichotomy of right. the workplace. Yeah, I think that's our responsibility, right? Because as leaders, Absolutely. you have to forecast change and welcome it and adapt. Like you talked about adapting and overcoming. That's Travis has said that for years, and it's so true today. It's like I almost think if you don't do that, that's your deficiency as a leader to not to not see that and recognize and change. And that's just part of leadership. Leadership is change. The heart of leadership, if we don't need change, we don't need leaders. Right. Plain and simple. True. Because leadership, by definition, is going someplace new. And if we're not taking people on a journey to a better future state, they don't need us. But because we are taking people on a journey to a better future state, that's the change that matters. And so that's where we've got to step up, whether you're a small business owner, whether you're a parent, whether you're in community leadership, political leadership, civic leadership, church leadership, whatever it looks like, right? Mm-hmm. It's that same formula, discover, influence, achieve, because 90% of it is execution, mm-hmm. right? Of a better future state that was what? Shared. Mm-hmm. So ask people, like having these conversations, right? Have the conversations with your grandkids. Have the conversations with your neighbors. Have the conversations with people that matter about what their purpose is, where they want to go, and begin to invent and create that future together. As scary as it might be, that's the only way to survive. That's it. And ultimately to thrive. That's it. That's it. And those that do it will live. And those that don't will die. Right. And that's okay, too, because what that does is it creates the next iteration, the next evolution Mm -hmm. of what's best for society. And we would hope, at least, that we would continue to be moving to better. And I think that we're going to push that forward. We're going to push it forward together. Final thoughts? I hope this reaches some people that are in this situation and they're able to get some value from our conversations because... Between all of us combined, man, we've crossed this bridge and we're still learning. Yeah, I'm learning every day. I wake up with a new challenge. So I hope this is helpful to other leaders and entrepreneurs that are trying to absorb this and get beyond it. Yeah. No, I agree. I think the best thing that you said is talk to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. ask questions and not just your normal tribe. Right. I mean, seek seek, seek to step out of that. You'll get a lot of information and then it's just act upon it or don't act upon it right yeah it is what it is yeah it is what it is it is what it is it is what it is yeah. sam travis so good to have you two on this episode i love you guys love you same thing brother i can't wait to do it again thanks for being here no problem Thank you. thanks for having us well my friend we did it i'm so honored you were able to join me on this episode of a call to leadership now this might not be for everyone because you really have to be in a certain place in order to take the kind of steps to level up your leadership. And I want you to be taking steps. And for those of you who feel like you're ready for something like this, there's a place you can go. You can go to our website, greatsummit.com. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. But here's the cool thing that we have. We've got a master class. We have all different kinds of events. We even have our leadership club where you can meet other people just like you to go deeper in your leadership journey You and I will get to spend some time together and really focus on aiming for greatness. I can't wait to see you there. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership.